0: hello and welcome to the friday edition of the patient stew podcast and it's a special one today normally we're talking to ponies and we're doing it with our buddies but today we start with our new podcast partner the starter allowance podcast and its host andrew grismore andrew it's good talking to you this morning buddy
1: hey everybody i'm really excited and uh thanks for the nice intro
0: yeah, no worries, man. No, so this, you were one of the first guys to hop on with me uh, back in March, and we've become friends, and I'm really happy about that. Uh, you love the game, and we decided uh, as a group, me and Peach, that we wanted to highlight horse racing on its own uh, channel, its own podcast. Uh, we will be involved obviously, but I couldn't think of a better guy to hand it that off to, uh, than you and horse racing is not leaving the patients Stew network. Uh, the starter allowance podcast is going to be with us and you'll be on the Patient Stew podcast network feed. So it's, it's not going anywhere. It's just moving with you. Tell us what is your idea for the starter allowance podcast? What, where do you think you want to go?
1: so there are a couple of main things that i want to highlight so as i've gotten more into horse racing in general uh i've been able to dip my toe into the ownership side via partnerships i'm now actually the managing partner of a mare and a weanling uh, and the mare is pregnant again so i want to go through mazel and what was that
0: i said mazel tof.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to go through and highlight uh, the highs and lows and some of the middles in that journey and just keep everybody updated and also uh, go in and handicap those races because that's how I got into all of this in the first place. And it's something that I'm definitely passionate about. I love talking about. We're going to have some awesome guests on, continue your tradition of getting some really great names from the horse racing industry to come out and talk some of the races and the, the big events that we have coming up. So it's going to meet my own little baby and we'll, we'll talk about whatever I feel like is on my mind as far, as far as horse racing goes and maybe a little beyond. So it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And, and
0: the usual handicapping crowd, Marshall, Spencer, Ryan, myself, uh, we're going to add some more faces, uh, to that as well. We're, we're going to keep that tradition going. Like you said, Craig Malkowski, I believe is your first, uh, solo guest because next Wednesday we're dropping a last special edition on the Peace and Stew podcast with David Aragona. That's going to be highlighting, um, uh, Thursday Saratoga. We're going to touch a little bit on Wednesday Saratoga as well, and we're going to handicap a pick three Friday, uh, a sequence we like, and then try and cash a ticket here. Um, that will be on both feeds, just like this episode. Uh, it'll be on Starter Allowance Podcast. It'll be on the Patients Two Podcast Network feed, and then the week after when you have Craig Melkowski on. Uh, That will be on the Starter Allowance Podcast, and we'll make that aware uh, to you, the listener. So without further ado, Andrew, who do you got on the Starter Allowance Podcast
1: this week? So we're going to do some handicapping with Marshall Sterling, Ryan Dickey. We've got you, Stu, on there as well and uh just keep an eye out as we release some more of those episodes like you mentioned we've got some good guests coming up that we'll talk a little bit more about later
0: yeah i was really excited uh to talk with tyler hoffman we didn't get a chance to have a longer conversation but uh trip no pros is so cool and uh it's such a worthwhile investment to anybody playing out there uh that interview is next andrew uh i will see you next and uh can't wait to talk to David with you and, and see what you got planned for the Starter Allowance podcast.
1: Yep, sounds good. Yeah, Tyler was a was an awesome guest. I think you guys are really going to enjoy the conversation we had about TripNote Pros, and if you don't know about it, check it out.
0: Yes, sir. All right, for Peach and Stu and Andrew, we say until next time, here is the interview and our handicapping roundtable. See ya.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Thursday Handicapping Show. We're going to talk a little bit about the races that we have coming up this weekend. But before we do, we actually have a special guest joining us. We have Tyler Hoffman, who is a handicapper taking down some major contests. He is an author at TripNote Pros, and he's going to give us a little bit of insight on what he does there and uh, some of his thoughts on just racing as it stands right now in general. So, Tyler, thank you and welcome onto the show.
2: No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Andrew.
1: We've also got Stu here and we're gonna uh, see who uh, we can get to join us as we get into our Handicapping Show, but let's go ahead and get started. So, Tyler, thanks for joining again and uh, tell us a little bit about what you do at TripNote Pro. So, I was introduced to it by Stu here and, I've taken a look at it, at least while, and, and I've, I've ordered one of the uh, the cards, but I was a part of the free trial and got to see what that product is like. I have a few questions, but just just tell us what you do specifically.
2: Yeah, so Stu, I didn't mean to leave you out of the introduction. Thank you for having me on as well. <laughs> no problem, brother, I, I love the product. <laughs> Thank, I'm glad you guys have both had a chance to check it out. It's obviously something that all of us at the TNP team are very, very excited about. Uh, we. Basically, we go through and we do trip note analysis for the last race of every horse on a card. Right now, we're covering Del Mar and Saratoga. So, so long as the horse has raced on the surface within, let's say, the last four, five, six months, uh, we're doing a trip note on that. And the way we're looking at it at replays, and it's literally going through with the pan shot as well as the head shot, the head on shot, uh, and just dissecting the trip from start to finish And we're trying to be as detailed as possible because a lot of times the information you get in the form uh, just isn't the most accurate. They're they're limited with the amount of characters they can put in there. And there's a lot of information that uh, is very, very valuable to handicappers alike. Our product is really geared towards serious horse players that are looking for a little bit of an edge to complement their own handicapping styles, whether it be looking for solid favorites Uh, looking for hidden trip horses, that's probably what we're best known for right now. Um, We're focusing really on two aspects, horse comfort and jockey intent. And when I'm talking about those specific two categories, horse comfort, how comfortable was the horse running? Was it something that he was doing easy throughout? Were the ears up? Uh, Was he uncomfortable? Was there a strange stride to him? Things of that nature that can either explain a poor performance, validate a very good one moving forward. Uh, And then in terms of the jockey intent, We've all seen it before. There are rides that leave a scratch in our heads. There are also rides that were absolutely brilliant that the horse got everything possible, every possible break because of the maneuver by the jockey uh, on the trip. And we're analyzing that and letting, basically letting all of our members know, you know, was this jockey trying all the way through? Did he make a, a great decision? Did he make a poor decision? Was there something different he could have done? Was he teaching the horse in this particular effort that can explain why the PP line looks the way it does uh, and can maybe help point the members in the you know, in an interesting direction to use, whether it be for horses underneath on top, uh, multiple you know waist ragers horizontal vertical things of that nature we 're essentially an information database um, just trying to to help steer information on on the trips because as we all know, the last race that a horse runs is probably most indicative of success moving forward
0: yeah Absolutely. i I have one follow up on that and uh, as an avid user of the of the service, you, you describe great trips. We see in um in in the, in the notes like perfect trip, great trip, for you guys. That what is the differentiating factor? Where sometimes a great trip will be a negative in the summary, and that's another key piece too. Is that there at the bottom? You know, you're illuminating some bias. Whether you know how the pace kind of worked out, the individual trip itself. And then at the bottom, a nice summary. Um, And sometimes you'll see great trip or perfect trip is a negative there. And other times you mention it in the summary, but it's not at the bottom. What's the differentiating factor for you when it comes to a horse getting too good a trip versus just a really good ride and the horse was game for it?
2: So obviously it's a very, very fine line. Um, when it comes to a perfect trip, we're always trying to identify perfect trips, especially for short priced horses, because the betting public, a lot of times will continue to bet that horse strongly the next time out, thinking that the horse is just running terrific because they're seeing multiple, uh, you know, ones and twos on the finish on the PPs. And we're pointing out, Hey, this performance was aided maybe because of the track bias, maybe because of the way that the the trip laid out. Um, when it comes to a perfect trip, a lot of times you'll see that a horse either got everything his own way on the front end, perhaps there was a dead, dead speed duel, and this one got to close up the rail, never encounter any obstacle, any trouble, and the, the race flow worked out to this one's perfect advantage. Uh, and probably the most common, I would say, our, our CTR, our trip, trip note, or, uh, Chief Trips Officer, <laughs> Benny Sousert, as most of you know will tell you um, that a lot of the perfect trips come from horses sitting in the pocket and they just got that perfect trip where they're laying right in behind perhaps two or three dueling speed horses. They got to tip out without any obstacles around the far turn, you know, perhaps going by the quarter pole uh, and just had dead aim on on tired front runners with nothing else running from behind. So they essentially got first run. So those are the obvious perfect trips that we wanna highlight, especially on short priced horses and you'll see that in the summary section. There are other times where a horse may have gotten a perfect trip, but we may not discount it quite as much simply due to the fact that he had other things that were going for him. Perhaps that horse comfort. Uh, you know, he wanted he, yes, it was perfect, but he was really, really comfortable throughout. He was a horse that was improving uh, in that sense. There's, you know, there's a, all kinds of different ways we can we can approach it. And look at it. It's a little bit subjective, but the way that we have a system and a method for analyzing the trips, you know, we really believe in, in what we're watching and we think we're uh you know, we're really, really detailed with it. And it's something that we try to be extremely consistent about. And as the product continues to develop and we have more and more race replays um, in the system, you'll start to see a pattern of, of what gets identified as a perfect trip versus what's a perfect trip that looks a little bit more, um, but other you know, mitigating circumstances that still make it an incredibly positive effort um, that we wouldn't just necessarily discount moving forward. So I think that answers your question a little bit. At least I hope it does.
1: Yeah, I, I think it does. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed is that it's been pretty tough in the to start this in the COVID era, right? Because so many horses, especially when you guys first started releasing the notes, were coming off these long layoffs and, or switching surfaces or doing new things that they haven't because trainers just had to find a spot to run them after all this time. Uh, can you talk about, races where you don't have as much of that relevant information and how some of the players can try and approach those.
2: Absolutely. So yeah, it, it, it definitely makes it a challenge. And it was in the, in the post COVID restart specifically on the West coast where we didn't have any racing um, for about, I think it was almost two months. Uh, as the meets go on, you just end up getting more and more information because you have courses consistently running back um, through their, their form cycle projections. Uh, and there's not really a whole lot you can do in races where horses are all coming off layoffs or they've never run on the surface before. Because in our opinion, the trip note just isn't quite as valuable. Um, and that's where we like to put in a little bit of tidbit of maybe about pedigree. Perhaps they're trying the turf for the first time. So you'll see that um, going into the, into the summary. If there's something valuable about the race that they're coming out of, perhaps it's, it's a key race for multiple winners of exit. We try to add something, um, some information about that to it. So those are the kind of things that we can add in and just kind of sprinkle um, based on what we're seeing. Perhaps we'll throw in a little bit of an observation what we're looking at when we're looking at the form as we watch replay for let's say it's a eight horse field and maybe only three of them have valid trip notes. Um, We'll try to add in a little bit of a tidbit just from what we're seeing Um, but we kind of we tend to steer to stay away from that for the most part Um, and just use that race as a stepping stone for next time out where we'll have trip notes now on perhaps all you know four or five of those horses that we weren't able to write a trip note for on that particular day,
0: you know tyler for for you, is there a specific note that really rings a chord? Um, I'm thinking back to the Ray Handel firster at Saratoga uh this past Sunday, who probably should have got taken down, but uh Andrew knows I'm very happy that horse made third, and I put that horse third mainly there was some figure. You know, I gave him an excuse and some back races that made him, you know, uh, a lot better than 13 to one and was a value, but really was the trip note that you guys included. Is there a specific one that us trip note uh, pros readers should really be on the lookout for to identify a horse that you guys really think is going to jump up?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd say there's there's probably four terms that will continue to circulate through a card. Um, the most obvious of which is uh, the BTL, which we call better than looked. So those are performances that are sneaky good in the form when you're just analyzing the PPs. They may not stand out to the average handicapper unless you're watching the tape. You really can't tell what went on there. Um, so I'd say that the, the BTLs, and we almost always put that in the summary, and we'll let you know, you know, sneaky BTL or really good BTL. Um, if we put anything about a prep, which again goes back hand in hand with uh, jockey intent, so a, a great example of that is probably from our a really good note that we gave out on uh, Friday for Cabal at 19 to 1 at Saratoga.
0: Don't rub Uh, it in. I saw the
2: email way too late. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that was actually, that wasn't a prep, that was a BTL, but that was one where it was subtle trouble that wasn't shown up in the form. And you know, it was a much better than looked performance, uh, under the same tone. It could also have been called a prep since it was his his debut that day. But the BTL and, and the prep in conjunction with, with jockey intent, those are typically really, really good ones that, that we spot. Um, horse comfort is the other one when we point out especially on a winner um, somebody that that ran really really well last time and hopefully won and we say you know the horse comfort this one had his ears up he was um, you know full of himself wasn't gonna let anybody buy on the gallop out things of that nature typically a a shorter priced horse but one that can be effectively used uh, you know on multi-race wagers uh, moving forward especially if spotted appropriately so I'd say those are kind of the four that we like to hone in on Um, other than that The only other ones that I can think of off the top of my head right now that are also really, really good are when we discover hidden trouble that's not listed. So anything that doesn't show up in the form, and there was a good example of it. He didn't actually win on on Sunday at Saratoga, but the name of the the horse is, is escaping me at this moment. But he stumbled badly at the start about three strides in and basically lost all chance. The form had no indication of any trouble at the start. And the start of the race is arguably the most important part of it. I mean, how many horses get left at the start or lose position at the start? And they're completely compromised from what their typical running style is. So things that we spot that are not listed in the form, anything you see like that in the trip note pros is the whole foundation behind what we're producing for the product for our members.
0: Beautiful, thank you.
1: Yeah, and and one last question before before we do let you go. Uh, you guys are going to be putting in a lot of work. You're watching these replays. You're creating these trip notes. And it seems like you're going to be creating a big database of information. And I know that the focus is going to be on that last race. But obviously, as meets goes on, as as time goes on, uh, you're going to end up with with quite a bit. How did you guys come to the decision, we're just going to talk about the last race, and would it make sense to maybe add in the second or third back because you have those notes and and how do you determine what's too much information to give to uh, to your customers in terms of just what's right accessible right in front of them before that race goes off?
2: Well, it, it, you're actually making a very astute observation. So to kind of tackle your question in a, in a couple ways, the discussion to, to focus on the last race of the horse is simply just because that's the most recent form for him or her and it makes the most sense to analyze that race when projecting to the current day's handicapping. Uh, but where the, the product will be moving forward from is we will actually have a database where the members will be able to look back on every note that we have for a horse for all of his starts um, starting from the beginning of when we started the uh, launching the product. So you'll have a full, you'll be able to search the horse by name and look up and have notes for you know, two, three, four, five races back, so on and so forth. Um, and as time goes on and more information gets put into the database, the members will have access and more. That's a feature we're really, really excited about at TNP.
1: Oh yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I didn't mean to dig into the, the future plans of the company, but uh, it was just something that that crossed my mind because you guys, you know, all that work is going to be stored and it's really going to become its own kind of specific past performance, I guess you could say. So that's cool. But, um, uh, Stu, you want to add anything in before we wrap up?
0: No, I just want to thank you, Tyler, for coming back on Tripnoteprose dot com is amazing. I love the product. Um, when I'm playing seriously, I have to buy this. Like if, if I'm going to wager me and Andrew, we got a little, uh, syndicate betting thing. If I'm betting anything, he knows that I'm getting this. So, um, you know, Thank you for all the work you and Benny put in, and I can't wait to uh, look and see what, what you guys got coming up down the road. Hopefully, some 19-to-1 w- winners I don't
2: miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on the show, guys. We really, really appreciate the support, and, and thank you for, uh, for talking about our product. And just as a reminder, we do have meat specials being rolled out um, for Del Mar and Saratoga for the entire summer. So, anybody listening, please head to our website and uh, buy those meat package specials. And where? Hey, where can we get you on uh, Twitter? Uh, You can find me at Ty Hoffman, the number six. That's T Y H O F F M A N, the number six.
1: Perfect. Thanks again. One. All right, hey everybody, welcome to the Starter Allowance Podcast. Today we've got Stu. We've got. Special guest, Marshall Sterling, and we're going to have Ryan Dickey with us today, and we're going to take a look at the late pick four on Saturday at Saratoga. And over the past couple of days, it's been uh, pretty juicy as far as potential payoffs when it comes to that sequence. So we'll take a look at what we got. We got a grade one mixed in as well. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, We're going to begin with... Race number eight on Saturday. And it's going to be an optional claimer, mile and an eighth on the dirt. Al, you want to start us off with uh, a little bit of your thoughts on this race?
0: Sure thing. It's great to be on with a bunch of beautiful babies tonight. (laughs) Uh, I really – I was looking to make Wayne Gretzky's head bleed. So in this race, I kind of landed on – the entry, I think that's logical. Speed seems to be, in my mind, slightly favored on the on the dirt track. I I think it's it's generally fair, but if you're more forward, uh, it's a plus. I don't think there's any kind of pace duel that I can foresee. I think uh, Leotone gets the pace, the entry, and the three kind of stock, and those are where I kind of landed one in three.
1: Yeah. I mean, we haven't really seen that much in terms of deep closers on the dirt. At least, I mean, I've I've watched all the races and there's just, it's hard to make up ground. It seems like right now.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's really altering some of these races and how you have to handicap it, especially today. Uh, I think you saw a few that, uh, certainly took advantage of that and showed something that you know you hadn't previously seen
3: hmm. well i'll jump in here there's a couple of them horses i like in this i like it's it's weird i actually like you're to blame this the other part of the entry with the uh, money moves i know money moves is going to be well forwardly placed in this race with number seven leotone i think that at a mile and an eighth at saratoga I think uh, speed will not hold. Uh, I think that in this race it sets up for looking for somebody coming from behind and I think you're to blame uh, is a a prime candidate to win. It's just a shame that uh, he's coupled with Money Moves who is going to be well bet here uh, winning two races in a row for Todd Pletcher. Um, I like, I love Jackson, the number five horse. I don't love him but I think It's a horse to use uh, for the same reason as you're to blame. I think this horse will be well off the pace and could be closing into it. The horse I like the best here is the number eight, locally owned. I think locally owned uh, has been improving, 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 and is ready to to rock and roll here. I don't think we're gonna get anywhere near the eight to one price. I think this is gonna be a four to one, uh, maybe seven to two. Horse when it all all comes down, but I want horses that are near the back of the pack in the early stages of this race. I think it's ripe for a, a pace meltdown. So for me, I'm going to use the one uh, because I have to. The number five, I love Jackson, and the number eight, locally owned, and that is it for me.
0: If this horse is four to one or under, I'll buy you a beer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean there seem to be some other options in here that I feel like are just going to get bet purely from the handicappers who just look at buyers and say, I'm going to pick the one with the bigger numbers. So it, it's, I don't know.
4: No, that's, uh, it, it, it's tough. I, it, I know, I know for me, I, I completely agree with Ryan Tickey. Um, I, my topic would be local, locally owned um, with Tyler Gaffney And I would, I would take half the morning line uh, at four to one. I'd be more than happy to. Um, I just think the distance suits him. He's going to sit a perfect trip behind the the front running speed. I really, I mean, I really want to love, and I mean, I really want to love, I mean, I really want to love uh, the, the the Linda Rice horse. I love Jackson. I, I want to, um, but, but because you need to be close, you don't need to be on the lead, but you need mm-hmm. to be close to the, to the lead. Um, and we know that I love Jackson just isn't going to be there. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would definitely use I love Jackson underneath um, who with, um, uh, Louis Cardenas, he's, he's probably not going to take money. Uh, Linda Rice has been off to a hot, hot start, uh, at least the first week. This yesterday or today was a little bit irrelevant, but um, uh, so I, I definitely am all about eight five. You have to respect the entry, no doubt. Um, so so for me, I'm I'm eight five one. Same with Ryan Dickey. What do, guys, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about
1: parsimony, though? I hear no mention. Coming out of a grade one, then a grade two. Is there there no way that this horse can compete? I know that the results haven't been amazing since coming back from uh the UAE, but can is there no shot here?
4: For me, I my note on that race was overall competition was meh besides the winner. <laughs> um and in in at best, Tacitus is a grade two horse i don't think he's a grade one horse uh, ultimately um and so because of that i i just think that other horses have the ability to step up and i i don't really trust parsimony um having the one race you know um at, uh, at a longer distance that would make him fit here um, marshall so, marshall you <laughs> are a beautiful on, baby
3: voltaire <laughs>
0: Hey, I'm trying to eat some waffles in the Age of Enlightenment here. You're a beautiful baby, Marshall, but the hell are you smoking? What's going on up there? Did they legalize it in Minnesota? You're telling me if Mr. Buff's not in this group that Mr. Buff is under even money?
4: I wouldn't bet. Is Moretti? Is Moretti? I wouldn't wouldn't bet Mr. Buff with your money. And he, if he was ten to one, I wouldn't do that. I, I mean, I'm just I, saying. The problem is, is that when when Mister Buff is outside of state bred competition, what has he? done? And that's my problem with Mister Buff. He's he is a, a a soldier, a warrior. He's a good older horse, but he does not stack up to competition when it's outside of New York State bred. And that's why he's um, not
0: in this race. But again, I'm I'm just saying it because. I mean, it, it, the group that parsimony's coming out of, that Suburban. If you look at the fractions, I mean, just went a quarter longer. But, I mean, it's good to be up front. I mean, we, we just got, you know, done saying, you know, horses have trouble making up ground. I think that Suburban was actually really good for Parsimony. Uh, it's just that Tacitus is just way better than that group. It was a light grade two. I'll give you that. I just think that 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 race uh kind of towers over the field.
4: Do you think that Parsimony is going to take money?
0: Uh off the I 401 think, morning line? Uh I think pro- probably go down to 3 to 1 maybe. Yeah,
4: and I, for me I think he'll take he'll that. take
3: money with Ortiz in the saddle.
4: For yeah. For sure. Yeah, has O'Ne- been be, real
0: rough in New York so far this year.
4: Yeah. I would need, I would need more than four to one and he's not, he's going to take money. So I I can't, I can't do that.
0: That's why you're beautiful baby.
3: I'm not not interested (laughs) in
2: him at all either.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it's just hard to take anybody that's going to be way off the pace. I completely agree with that there uh, in the, the few longer races that there have been at Saratoga, just, no one has come from the back running. Even if, even anything that's a route on dirt, nobody has really come from the back to do much. So I think you got to be within at least a few lengths of the of the leader coming in off the turn, or you're going to have a really hard time. So keep that in mind as you make your picks here for the beginning leg of the pick four as they go along on the dirt. You guys ready to move on?
4: Yep. Yeah, that's good.
1: All right. So next up is the ninth race. Now this is a mile and a 16th on the turf state bread allowance. Who wants to lead us off?
3: I do. Let's use the all button. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think we need to use the all button here, but I think there, I think this is a spread race in this sequence. There's a lot of horses here that I'd like to use. I'm not going to use all 12 of them, but, uh, just starting from the top, I'll use the 2 alby It's 12 to one in the morning line. I think that one's got a shot. Use the three simply. My favorite horse here, I think he's the favorite. Number four, Bar- Barley. Barley one. one. Barley one, three to one. Got to use that one. I am not going to use Steelers Fan for Life, although I am one. <laughs> um, I don't need Fleet Admiral. I will use Mo Ready uh as opposed to Moretti, i will use mo Reddy. um the number 10 turbo drive i was a little bit interested in and the number 12 stanhope so i'm not using all of them but i'm using a lot going real real deep here uh i think this is a uh definitely a spread race and that's what i got
4: i completely agree i think the for my top pick would be the number 10 turbo drive uh kmbc came back to to win after that after that uh, belmont race uh and for me i have to and i mean i have to uh include Steelers sand for life <laughs> uh the number 5 the note that i have is that he went way too fast early and dueled with dan fusi and that they were clear of the rest of the field um, if you draw a line through that race and you know, if, if you take a look at the, the one previously, where he doesn't want to go that fast again on the lead fast fractions, the last time that he actually had a moderate pace, he ran an 80 buyer speed figure, which would be extremely competitive with this field. So um, for for me, I agree that it's a spread race, but I have to use uh, the 10 as my top pick, and actually the, my second pick is the number five, Cedar so Stand for Life. Nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I played Steelers fan for life last time out, and I think that the pace scenario sets up better for him this time. I mean, he was twenty to one last time, and I thought he had a legitimate shot to bounce back from probably going too fast again before. But uh, if he gets out there, then he's got a chance. But again, it, it's another scenario where it's like we've seen some relatively slow paces. In some of these turf races, and yet at the same time, there's still horses coming from the back that just clear off. It seems like Clement and Rosario just do it every single time. So what
4: what do you guys think? What what happened with that last race? What happened the last race, uh, the last turf race at Saratoga? What happened? Javier got off to a, a decent lead on a speed horse and was able to take him wire to wire. And I think that's the problem: is that uh, especially on the turf, you're gonna, you're you're finding too many jockeys are being way too passive, and instead of going on with it with their horses, they're literally just wrangling them back and then hoping to outclose the closers with speed horses, which isn't going to happen. It, it's just it's not going to happen when the the closers are two lengths back. So uh, I I agree that uh, the closers have done better at Saratoga, but I think it's a more of a factor of the paces. Mm -hmm. um and the speed horse is just not being speedy i mean we've seen how many 50 second halves
1: on the turf a lot and it doesn't matter the distance either going a mile they go super slow going a mile and eight they go super slow doesn't seem to matter
4: yeah and and especially with steelers fan for life we're we're dropping the bug boy romero mirage and we're getting junior alvarado who is good on the turf uh i if if he drifts up at all from that 15 to 1 the brinks truck That has marshall sterling on on the the back is going to be backing up i tell you that right now
1: yeah i'm happy to play him back here as well especially with a little bit of a rider upgrade uh maybe be able to just get out there and control it any other thoughts on this one
0: nope i would i would uh include for our friends over at dreammaker racing jimmy jazz Jimmy Jazz it does kind of make a little bit of sense Tom Bush normally a Gulfstream park guy he's actually started the meet actually pretty well he he's he's uh got a winner he's got a second um thank God he got that second uh uh what was that with? I hit the stone cold exacta for like twenty. It was nice um against a Chad Brown winner I forget uh. But he started off uh, pretty good, and Jimmy Jazz, I know they are high on this horse. I know the horse is working well. Yeah, get smoking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get smoking. Got me some money. So uh, I'm going to play Jimmy Jazz, too, because, again, this horse can be forwardly placed, third off a layoff, uh, working pretty pretty dang well. Um, I think the horse is fit and ready to go.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, get smoking. Another shout out, Phil Hager.
0: Yeah, and if it, it,
1: yeah, Stanford. if
0: Jimmy Jazz wins, I'm gonna be going to Vegas, baby, Vegas. <laughs>
4: oh, we can all hope to be like Rye. Yeah, can, can you yeah. bring us? Can you all bring us?
0: I'm, I'm right I'll bring all you beautiful babies. You know, go you let's guys let's are go. so money, you don't even know it. So uh,
3: let's go, let's go, Vegas, baby. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to no Las Vegas. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> all right. Rock and roll, Vanderbilt. Let's I, feel, do it.
0: I feel like Ryan's the only one getting this, but I'm happy about that. It's my favorite
3: movie of all time. <laughs> you so money. It's my favorite movie of all time.
1: So is is Volatile gonna be one to five in here or what?
3: Probably close best. to it. Two to five, three
4: to five.
1: I think so too. So, I would be
4: shocked if volatile was not one to five
3: so here's here's how I plan on on playing this sequence. I plan on going three deep in the first leg in the second leg I'm going about eight deep. I think eight was the number I'm going to single volatile here and i'm well I'm going to go three deep in the last leg. We'll talk about that next, but on another ticket i'm going to go three deep in the first i'm going to go all in the second leg i'm going to go. Volatile plus mind control, number five here. Uh, I think he's got a chance to, sh- to shock. And then in the last leg, I'm just going to single one horse, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, I am going to use mind control on one ticket, and if that happens to come in, my, my luck will rest on one horse in the last leg. But for the most part, it's all about volatile.
1: Is there is there some kind of like excuse or thoughts for mind control coming out of the Carter? Or?
3: Yeah, uh, sloppy you know, sloppy track didn't like it. Uh, he's coming off second off the lead. Well, it's not really second off the layoff because it was a long time ago. It was forty nine days ago. But uh, Saratoga, they call it the graveyard of favorites. Yeah. They call it graveyard of champions, <laughs> but it's where favorites go to die. And I would hate, absolutely hate, 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 hate to be right in the first leg of the sequence have the, the the correct one of the correct answers in the second leg and then have mind control beat me when i don't have him on a ticket here i'm not going to use whitmore at all frenzy fire he's the horse in this if he beats me he beats me i don't think whitmore will will, will do it and then lexitonian i don't think he's got a chance in hell so i want to have mind control on one of my tickets and um i just you know of the other of the other horses that aren't volatile he's the only one that that i want to have defensively in case he wins
1: Any other thoughts on this one? I, I I can't. I mean, all the money's going through volatile, so.
0: Right, volatile is to me like a big fucking bear with teeth, with big teeth, <laughs> and the rest of these are bunnies, and and volatile is just going to pounce on them, you know. And I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I I mean, from a from a ticket construction standpoint. You have to either either single or you use two, three, or five, uh, and you might you might get a little bit of value on that. But uh, I I'm gonna single volatile here. I think this might be this might be something special for Steve.
4: Yeah, I I wanted to like mind control and and I agree with Ryan that mind control sagging off the layoff repeatedly regardless of how short or long the layoff any sort of brief has done better and has increased the buyer speed figure uh every single time the problem is is that you know uh that sloppy race um it, it can take a lot of uh um, of horses and that that and especially considering how how poor the horse ran in that race sure. um that I I have a hard time projecting a a buyer speed figure increase off of the Tom fool, um, which again, if he was able to increase off of that 99, he would be in the mix Um, and he would need, he would need volatile to take any sort of proverbial bounce off of the last effort, but it's possible. I I don't find it likely personally, um, but I I certainly don't. I, I certainly won't discourage Ryan from doing that because I, I think that if vaultal does bounce off of the Aristides, uh, it, it does make me leery of it. The The other thing that the other sort of chink in the armor that you can poke at Vaultal is that Honest Mischief, the horse who ran second, mm-hmm. um, came back today and ran do, do butter against optional claiming field. Um, <laughs> And so if you you end up um, uh, with that sort of performance, uh, again, with Volatile, you know, everyone's going to be running for second. But uh, if if Volatile does um, sort of regress off of that last effort, uh, boy, is every single horse in the sprint division um, running for second at that point.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be very interested to see, you know, even if he does win, I think it's going to be by a shorter margin than people might think, and if he stays as hyped up as he is, and I think he will be in this race going forward, it will be very interesting to see him go up against a, a little well, bit he's, different.
0: Well, he's countries. not secretariat, Andrew. I, well, I mean, no, I mean he, <laughs> of course, uh, I don't think he's well, going to be no, beating this
1: group. Well, he's not running eight. a mile
3: No. <laughs> He's yeah, all I mean, grown stuff and all grown up and all. Yeah, I mean, up.
1: honest mischief. I, I tossed today and, and he just ran so bad. So I, it makes you think about that, that eight lengths. It's like, is it, was it really that impressive because he got beat? It was geared down. Yeah. So,
0: so here's the same thing with uh, Indian Pride that I ran into last Friday, where if you looked at Indian Pride, beat Mrs. Danvers, who just bombed at less than even money like two to five in a race in an allowance race uh never mind the problems or at the gate and at the start whatever you're supposed to win that race if you're mrs danvers so that's why i downgraded indian pride and indian pride uh shoved it in my face yeah yeah right i'm
1: not saying that he's gonna lose no i'm not
0: uh, no that's fine i'm just saying that like uh, if you if a horse beats a group by eight lengths uh and it's supposed to be a stakes race and there's supposed to be some type of quality uh, of horse in there uh i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna lean towards giving him uh, a little bit of credit on that race just because he did it you know within himself yeah
1: all right well that sounds good we know all the money's gonna go through him so we'll, we'll see how it turns out Uh, I'm always wary to, when it comes to ticket construction, to just lean so heavily on those. But, you know, today I'm going to say he's probably going to win, and he's going to win a high percentage of the time. And uh, who knows what's going to happen in the real world. But let's go ahead and move on to the last leg. And it sounds like Ryan is ready to give us some
3: solid opinions.
4: (laughs) Oh, Ryan, can I guess who you're singling?
3: No, you, you you can't because you. I'm sure you already know who it is. Go ahead, let's hear okay, it.
4: Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, no, no, no no no, 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 no. I want serious thunder. No,
3: please, no, 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 please, no, no, no. Brian, Go ahead. I don't, I don't, I don't have any thunder. I see. I'm, i I'm like, I'm not like the guy from the PG-13 movie that uh, everyone's kind of rooting for. I'm like the guy from the R movie who people are like, Ooh, I don't know if I like this guy or not. Sometime wow. today, Sue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this suspense
3: it. is killing me. T- Timeless Journey, obviously, is my single for the last race, number five horse. Um, I don't know why I say obviously, but I think this one fits the best. She's going up against New York breads here. Um, she did go against New York breads last time in her maiden race. Didn't do the, the greatest. But uh, when you look at all the other horses in this race, she's the one that this sets up for the best. And I'm singling her. Um, I'm going to use the number 10 baby girl out in the front a little bit. I think that the pace, I think she can get out front and she could wire the field. So that's like the one I'm using underneath. And then the other one I'm using underneath is the number seven. uh, I can't remember the name. Brovia. Brovia. So I'm going with the two Ortiz. I'm going with Ortiz rider here. Obviously, he's been doing pretty well. But uh, in the one ticket, I'm singling the five timeless journey. I think this one has the best chance to win. And then the one that I'm going deep, I'm going to go five, seven, and ten. And that's all I got. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Uh, singling Clement at Saratoga has yeah. – uh, if you've been doing that, yeah. I mean, you're off to a flying start. I think he has 13 wins after today. He had four. Rosario's
3: uh, been
4: doing well with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been they've been a real formidable combo. Even even when you look at statistics that Clement typically doesn't do well with, he's been winning. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm all aboard timeless journey. the The first time out number fits. Um, if the horse does improve off of that number, look out. You're going from Junior Alvarado to arguably the best turf rider in uh the country if not top three in the world which is joel rosario uh i got nothing more to say about that um check out benny's trip notes on that race it does say bumped between on the start um but uh you you, you'll never know if that's even correct or not but if it's anywhere remotely close to being correct that horse is is going to be tough
0: you know i'm i'm going to add one other horse uh the outside horse the 11 Frenchie froufrou uh kind of kind of because i just like the name there you go uh no <laughs> uh, so uh yeah and i'm going to be i'm going to be reading uh, benny's trip notes on this one cuz i think that's going to be um the deciding factor on if this is on my tickets or not but pinch start outside 6 wide um, that's a that's a no win trip, and I think if if this one even projects to get uh, you know that outside, we'll see if this horse has any speed. I I'll take a shot at a price uh, in a in a decently uh, open race if you don't single the five.
3: How, how does one go about getting these trip notes?
0: Uh, you you should that? ask.
4: Funny oh, you man. should ask.
0: Uh <laughs> Trip No Pros. We had um, Tyler Hoffman on uh, just before this show, um, so he he comes on and uh, he kind of explains it. It's uh, well worth a nine dollar investment.
4: Mm. Yeah, they've been off to a flying start with uh, with that product. It's it's been really good. Um, the only thing I'll add is that the number six micro uh, micro million uh coming out of maiden special weight uh does have uh turf winners um uh, as siblings and the other person the other trainer that's been off to a flying start at saratoga has been todd pletcher yeah. and chad brown um you know todd pletcher had two winners today being thursday uh he's been he's been uh off to a off to a really good start and you you pick up the the leads i think second leading rider uh right now which is jose ortiz um so yeah that would be the only other one that i would i would make mention of yeah it's it's funny that you say
3: that yeah it's funny you say that because that was the very last one off my ticket and i can't tell you how many times in my life i've said oh look that was the last one off my ticket so if you want to throw in an extra horse in the last race use the six
1: yep i tossed the favorite in the pick five today in the last leg as my last toss and uh he came, he came out and won. So it is what it is, but guys, thank you so much. I appreciate the time and best of luck to everybody playing these races on Saturday. And we'll talk to
4: you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
1: Oh, wait, how
0: long do I wait to call the girl back, Brian?